in today's show. Well, some pretty big disappointments in some of the performances from the players. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about everything else that happened on Thursday. Will we talk to Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Well, I wasn't sure that I was going to do a recap show today, but here we are. There are seven games on because there are a few things that we need to discuss. Let's get straight into a little bit of news before we talk about the games. Um, Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Miles Turner. Looks like he won't be back until after the All-Star break. Malcolm Brogdon could be returning soon as of next game. I still don't know what the hell to make of the paces. If Brogdon and Turner are playing, then Duarte and Jackson and Goga and Jalen Smith, they've got no real value. Maybe Jackson can still maintain value next to... Turner, but then he'd be battling a little bit with Smith there. Duarte will probably go back into his shell with Halliburton and Brogdon around. It's just, I don't, it's very hard to understand why those guys would come back and when they'll come back and what they'll do when they come back. It's a really, really tough situation to try and project out. And even now, like, Goga should start over Jackson immediately, but will they switch that? How long will that take to switch? There are way too many. They're one of the most unknown teams at the moment, I think. Indiana and compounded by two injuries to starting players who are going to have an impact on the other guys on that team. Some updates on Dylan Brooks. Looks like he's not back until March with his ankle injury. Um, that's yeah, three weeks away probably here. Without IR, heading into fantasy playoffs, you can't really hold him through that. He's solid. He's fine for a 12-team league, but he's not that good. He's not a top 30 player. He's not a top 40 player. So you can't really hold through that sort of situation now that we've, amazingly, Got an update from the Grizzlies about some sort of time frame as to when he's coming back. And it's still um, yeah, multiple weeks away from him getting back into action. You've already heard about all the trades that have gone down. We spoke about that. There's a big show that I did earlier today, about 50 minutes worth, breaking down all of the trades that happened. What we're going to do today is just talk about you know, the games. So, actually, no, before we do that, let's talk about the top ads. Who's added over the last 24 hours? Interesting names there. Justice Winslow at the top, up 29%. I think, he's, I think he's fine to add. Portland didn't add another power forward. He's going to have an opportunity to start. But as we've seen with so many of these subpari type players, that they can be at the whims of what coaches do. I think he's going to be okay, but I don't know. He's worth an add. Brandon Clark, 22%. Yeah, probably fine. Again, upside's not particularly high, but probably fine. JaVale McGee up 16. I don't really get that one. I know that they are playing today, so people were streaming in to add him, but yeah, whatever. Cam Thomas up 15%. That's great for the short term. I honestly, I know Harden's gone, but Harden is being replaced by Seth Curry and by Ben Simmons in the rotation. And I don't think that we're going to continue to get big minutes from Cam Thomas and big scoring outbursts. And when Durant comes back, his value is cooked. Like for the short term, sure. Stream him in, see how he goes. He doesn't do much outside of scoring, so I worry that if the minutes and usage cut back, 
with Curry and Simmons arriving, that it will have it will have even Drummond's a decent usage player. It will have an impact on what Thomas does. Goga Badadze is up 13%. Isaiah Jackson's up 10 Totally makes sense. Again, in the short term, it could be a battle between those two. I do think Goga gets the start over Jackson, but Jackson's got the ability without Torrey Craig there to play at the four. Could they start together? Or is Brissett going to start there? Brissett has been bad nearly all season, nearly all career outside of, what, a four-week or three-week run at the end of last season. But he's got an opportunity as well. D'Anthony Melton up 6%, performed well today. And with Brooks out, there is a chance for at least 22, 23 minutes. But we know that the production's been so varied from him but not a bad guy to have for now. Crowder up five. I don't want that one. Hartenstein up five. We'll talk about that one a little bit later on. And then John Wall up four. People anticipating a Wall for Westbrook deal. That did not occur. I don't think Wall's going to get bought out. I don't think Wall is going to play this season. So I think you can go ahead and drop him there. Let's look at the top drops across leagues. Larry Nance down by 17%. Yeah, look, he's out for pretty much close to the rest of the regular season. Bradley Beal is out for the rest of the season. He's down 9%. They're both drops pretty obviously. Harkless down 7 I don't know what the Kings are going to do. They've got a lot of options now. Harkless is not a priority, of course, so you can drop him. Looney down 6 Yeah, look, fine. No problem. He's not a, not a huge upside guy. Javante Green down 6 Um, Interesting with Javante. Um, he, did have a, he did have a good game last time, but I do think he's an interesting player. Probably worth a hold. Cam Johnson down six. Yeah, look, things are a little bit rough for him at the moment. Um, that's that's before me looking at today's game. Uh, Alinek down five. Yep, no problem. Drop him. Justin Holliday down five. Yep, no worries with that. Drop him. The Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, down five. Yep. And the Discman, City Asman, down 5%. Both of those guys are going to find it hard, I think, to maintain any relevance in 12, or probably even 14 team leagues at this stage. But the Super Bowl, it's coming up. We are very, very close to the big game. Coming up on BetOnline has you covered all the props, the lines, and the odds as the Rams get ready to take on the Bengals on this coming Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has college and pro basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic and new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's get into these game recaps. First one was the Pistons and the Grizzlies, or the Pistons hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win it pretty comfortably. Um, that's not you know, a huge surprise. One team's good, one team is not. So yeah, not, not a huge surprise there. One, was it 130? I just lost my screen. 132 to 107, Memphis wins it. Let's start by looking at Des Bain, who had struggled. He'd been shooting, what, 22% every game. Today, he comes out and scores 22 points. I don't know why he's committed to the Richie Benno thing, but he is. 22 and 6, 3 threes and 2 assists. And we don't have to worry about this situation with, hey, what happens when Dylan Brooks comes back for a few more weeks? They have somehow avoided the Morant, brain, brain, the Morant, Brooks, and Bain combination all season, which makes them more, more dangerous come playoffs when those guys actually get to play together. But from a fantasy perspective, we just haven't had to worry about how that impact is going to shake out. It just it just hasn't happened, which is really, really interesting to see. Um, it would be interesting to have seen how that went down. Um, Kyle Anderson had a big game, 13-11. I don't really buy that. Well, Morant had 23-4-6 and, and Melton 14-4-4 with four threes in 23 minutes. It's a good game from the wave pool, but again, it's the Pistons and the ups and downs are annoying. Brandon Clark only played 20 minutes. He had 14-9. and nine. That's still strong. A steal and a block. That's strong. 
And he does have 12-team value at the back end, while Melton and Anderson got that extra playing time because Zaire Williams played just 22 minutes. He had eight points. He's not a fantasy real, really a fantasy option, Zaire, outside of very deep leagues. But he had been playing closer to 30, and that enabled Melton and Anderson to play that extra, that extra bit. Jaron Jackson, only 24 minutes, 22% shooting, pretty rough. Well, Steve Adams had 16, 14, and 5. A big, big game from Adams, who's playing at a high level at the moment. Top 100 over the last two weeks. He's worth having a stream for now, but I don't see him as absolutely guaranteed must roster. It's got to be the right build, I think, for him to make sense. For the Pistons, Jeremy Grant. At least he shot better, 54%. Not on threes, though. He was, what, 0 of 4 from deep. 20 points, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Probably his best game since he returned. And then MC Hamadou Diallo. Have a time. Double-double, 17 and 10, 31 minutes. But there are a few factors that go into that. I wouldn't look at this as a must-roster 12. Cade is out. That's your number one. Killian Hayes somehow fouled out in 13 minutes. Isaiah Stewart played only 17 minutes due to foul, so Diallo got extra playing time. So don't read too much into that. As for the Flame and Galar, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flame and Galars. 10 points, two rebounds. He still blocked two shots and had a steal on shot 71%, so some value in those 17 minutes, but... It is the fouls that left him in real trouble. So I would hold in 12 teams. The depressed penis Sadiq Bay had 17 and 7, while Corey Joseph managed uh, 9 assists, which is good. 4 points in 31 minutes, not particularly good. Just a deeper league guy. And yeah, unfortunately, we can Jack Armstrong, Kelly Linick. Get that garbage out of here! 9 and 7 in 21 minutes. And this was the game that maybe it could have pushed up. Stewart in foul trouble. Trey Lyle's gone. Bagley not here yet. And he still played only 21. Very clear cut. Now, that might change later on. They're very clear at this point. I don't think Bagley's a 12-team league guy, as you're well aware. Frankie Jackson played 29 minutes, but when the shot doesn't fall, there's not much else. 12 points on 13 shots. He did have two steals, but he had one rebound and one assist. And that can be the problem, or is the problem, with Frank Jackson from a fantasy perspective. It's just those lack of supporting stats that he so often fails to bring. The Nets and the Wizards, obviously this Nets team's going to look pretty different because Simmons and Curry and Drummond are all going to be here probably for the next game. They lost to the Wizards 113-112. That's another bad loss. A terrible loss, in fact. Kyrie played 38 minutes, 31-5-6 with three threes. Really good game from him. Well, Cam Thomas started. Finally, they started him. 36 minutes, 27 points, four triples and two steals. 61% shooting. Really good stuff. But 36 minutes for him is far from realistic. 27 points is not realistic. 61% shooting is not realistic for anybody, unless you're... Oh, the name is completely... Who's that bloke that's sitting 70% of their shots? I think Dan Gafford is at the moment. Um, yeah, he's just not going to be able to do that level of production regularly. He's fine at the moment with these guys out, but I just don't see it. Blakey Griffin, 15 and 9, but remember, three centers aren't here. Aldridge, Claxton, and Drummond. They all didn't play. So I wouldn't be reading into that too much. And Millsy, 35 minutes for Pat. 7, 4, and 5, 35 minutes. I really don't think that he's going to remain must roster for 12s. Curry and Simmons are going to impact him. They're going to need him out there to shoot, but... He's a points and threes sort of streamer. I don't know whether Joe Harris is ever returning. or will not return this season. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I have my doubts. And, and that helps Mills, but those two guys arriving definitely hurt him. That's, you lose Harden's 36 minutes, but you gain 70 minutes combined of Simmons and Curry. All right, so somebody's losing out, and that's going to be Thomas. It's going to be Mills. Um, you know, there'd be nights where Irving doesn't play, of course, and that's going to impact Mills and it's going to impact Cam Thomas. But the Wizards... Again, we don't have a full picture here. Is Christoph Porzingis going to play for this team? How much is he going to play? Who the hell is their point guard? 
Well, you look at this and you go, well, Ish Smith's the guy I want. 31 minutes, 21 points, 6 assists. But, what Ish Smith, sorry, Hal Neto. 78% shooting. That's not real. And Ish Smith's not there. I think it's just going to be a little bit of a bounce between, between those two guys. There's Smith, who's going to be in this rotation somewhere. He has to be. And then there's Porzingis. Where, where does he fit in? If, if he fits in. I'm, I'm not convinced that he plays at the end of this season. I worry about this bone bruise in his knee and what they need to do with it. But that's an encouraging start from Neto. Again, can be a 12-team stream, but I think Smith might come in and, and cut him down. Will they play Neto 30 and Smith 18? I think it's more likely to be a 26 and 26, to be honest. Tommy Bryant only played 20 minutes in a game where there was literally no other center available. That is a marginal red flag, I think. He had no foul trouble, but they just didn't play him. They just went small. His numbers were great. 13, 6, and 3, 1 steal and 2 blocks. It's not a great matchup for him, but only 20 minutes with no one else around is a worry. Gafford is going to return from COVID and be a part of this rotation. And Porzingis is maybe, who knows, going to play. I don't know whether he's going to play or not. I think Gafford is the better player. Um, but you can take a flyer on Tom Bryant, for sure, and just see what happens. I'm not convinced that he's going to remain as a must-roster guy because there's going to be a lot of options here for them. And one of those options was Rui Hachimura today. They played him 22 minutes, a little bit small ball. One of the best well-rounded lines you'll see from him. 12-4-4, and four, a steal, two blocks, and two threes. He's not usually that player, and I wouldn't be rushing to grab him based off that. Caldwell Pope had 13-5 and five with two steals, a nice game there. And a lot of people very interested in Denny Avdia. He was pretty good, 32 minutes. 13 points, a steal, a block, two triples. That, that's fine. It's fine. But remember, there is no Ishmith. There is no, is no Christos Porzingis. There is no Daniel Gafford. At least two of those guys I know are going to play. And there will be impacts across the board because if Smith comes in and plays 20 minutes or so, then someone's got to lose out. Is it the 10 minutes of Cassius Winston? Yeah, sure. Like, those minutes are gone. The 26 minutes of Anthony Gill. Oh, we get to do this twice today. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> um, yeah, Gill had 15 points in 26 minutes, but he's just not going to play most nights. They did it because of the absences of those other players. Um, yeah, namely, namely Gafford and Porzingis. So I think Avdia can get you know, mid to high 20s in minutes, but maybe not 32 and maybe not as a 12 team, probably 14 to 16 team. But still a lot of unknowns there. Porzingis' status is one of the big ones. And what they do at point guard is something we really have to watch. Oh, shout out to Kyle Kuzma. He didn't shoot well, but had a triple-double, 15, 13, and 10 with no steals, no blocks, but another strong game. His value does, I think, rise here over the, um, over the coming weeks with the, uh, the absences and, and maybe the non-appearance. Again, I don't know about this with Porzingis. This is just a gut feel of what I'd be like if you know, a guy's had consistent knee injuries, has a knee injury. We've just shut down our other player to have surgery. I'd be saying, KP, mate, just take the next six weeks off. Get the knee sorted. We don't need you out there. There's no need for it. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next year. That's how I would probably approach that. It's not It's not a fake injury. It's, not, it's, it's an injury where Larry Nance's bone bruise is having surgery on it right now. You do Lonzo Ball had a bone bruise. What did it turn into a meniscus thing? They're not they're not great injuries. They can be a real problem. Uh, Robert Covington had a bone bruise a few years ago that kept him out for about three months. It's not outrageous to think that that sort of stuff can keep you out a long time. They can be very very painful injuries with uh, some pretty decent recoveries on top of them. Uh, I don't have the sound anymore, but you know what the sound is. It's a big ping sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. 
Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, and reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. That's shopify.com slash locked on NBA. I need a built bar because they're the best tasting protein bar ever. I'm getting jacked here. I'm ripping through my shirts and it's all because I'm just loading up on these high protein, low carb, low calorie, low sugar bars that are known around the world as built bar. You know what your favorite flavor is. I'm sure it's cookies and cream. And if you're not, what are you doing? But it, you might have another choice. That's fine. We're all allowed different choices. We're all allowed different opinions. And Built Bar's got you covered right across the flavor spectrum. These bars are 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of carbs, very low in fat. So why don't you get some? Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get 15% off your order of Built Bar, which, of course, is built different. The next game... The Miami Heat, the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Heat are going to be getting Goran Dragic. I don't know that for sure, but I do think he is going to return. That is going to have somewhat of an impact on this squad, I would guess, somewhere. Um, yeah. So where, where does that fit? Because Max Struess played 27 minutes here, and Gabe Vincent played 31. There is it's going to be some interesting squishes here, because... Hero, Oladipo, and Caleb Martin all didn't play today. And then you throw Goran Dragic in that mix. It's very hard to see how Vincent or Struess or Martin or Oladipo or any of those guys can have any sort of impact. I don't know where Dragic is going to go. We'll see what happens in the end. But the fact that he's been working out this whole time down in Miami would lead me to believe that maybe he's headed to Miami. We will find out. Lowry had 14, 11, and 11 with four steals. Great stuff. And Butler, 29 and 8 with four steals and a block. Also a huge game from Jim, who is now Jimmy Butler, the number two ranked player over the last two weeks. 55 fantasy points here. And Bam Bam out of bio went for 29 and 10 as well. Bam, 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 bam. 50 fantasy points for Bam. He had three steals, only one assist, but a really, really strong game across the board. It was also good from The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. He had two blocks and 11 and 7 in his 17 minutes. Dunk Robinson, there's no need to have him in 12-team leagues. 10 points there. When PJ Tucker looked like a what could be a serious knee injury, he was able to return that. Ended up just being a knock on the knee. It, it will be probably um, it will probably be a little bit sore for him, so just be aware of that. that he might have to miss some time, which again boosts the Struess and Vincent value. For the Pelicans, one of the things we were really interested to see was Jackson Hayes. And someone said to me the other day, they go, Josh, I really hate it how you say, well, this is just my opinion or things can go both ways. And... I can't be like, I can't fakely come out here and be definitive and say like those other cocks that you see on TV that will come out and say I guarantee this happens and this is what is going to happen because that's just not how the world works right so I'm never going to come out and do this I can have firm opinions and you always know what my opinion is of what I think will happen or what I think should happen right oh you'll always know what that is but what I will always try to do is go well you know, my uncertainty lies because of what this what happened here and these are other ways that this can go. Right? And one of the things I said with Jackson Hayes was, if I was them, I would start CJ at the one and I would put Hayes at the four and see how it looks. 
But there's always the chance that Hayes, who played, what, four good games and started five games and was literally out of the rotation a month ago, might just go back and play off the bench. And if he does, then things get a bit squishy. It got pretty squishy. He played 17 minutes off the bench. They started Devontae and CJ together. Whether some of that is because there was no Billy Hernan Gomez, so they wanted to have a backup center there and they couldn't start Hayes at the four, I don't know. That's some speculation from Pelicans people as well, who all fully expected Graham to come off the bench, to, to be fair. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. And then I read some of their stuff and they thought the same thing. And then that was the same. It's really hard for me to... I can come out and say, hey, look, you know what? Let's add Jackson Hayes. These trades make some sense for him. But no one in their right mind would come out and people will, you know, will criticize this all the time. And that's fine. I get it. Um, but you can't... I couldn't come out here and say, well, you know what I think's going to happen? Gary Clark's going to play more minutes than Jackson Hayes. That's the common sense move because you'd all think that I was fucking stupid. But apparently Willie Green thinks that's the right idea. Gary Clark played 20 minutes, had two points with three steals and missed all three of his shots. Whereas Hayes, who had four and one in 17 minutes. Like you can't go ahead and... You can't look at that and go, guys, don't add Jackson Hayes because it's going to be all about Gary Clark now. Right? That, that doesn't make any sense. Like Logically, you can't figure that stuff out. You, you can't work through it. And I, I could never have gotten to a spot where that made sense. I couldn't have gotten to a spot where they go, you know what? Trey Murphy, he's been actually playing all right. Let's take him out of the rotation entirely and keep Gary Clark in over him and Jackson Hayes. Like, you can't work that stuff. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So that's where we got, that's how we got to this. If I added Hayes, and I did, I'd I'd hold him, right? There is, again, there is some speculation that the role here that he played was maybe because Hernan Gomez was out. They had other options, so they can slide him back to the bench, and they could move Graham back, but they might not. They might just think, well, we paid money for Devontae Graham and he's got this pedigree that we've got to start him and will it make Hayes earn it as a backup? I'd like to see a couple more before I drop. As for the debut of CJ McCollum, it was fine. 37 minutes, 15 points, 21 shots, which is too many. Seven rebounds, five assists and a steal. You love the seven rebounds, the five assists and a steal. I'm a bit concerned about the amount of shots that he took. I'm actually horrified by that combination of him and Graham in the backcourt. They were a minus 20 and minus 19, the two worst marks on the team. And the fact that McCollum came in and had a higher usage than Brandon Ingram and took all of the playmaking out of Ingram's hands is not great for the Pelicans' A, current future, and for Ingram's fantasy value. We already knew he was a bit of a sell-high Ingram, but I don't know if that sort of thing will maintain. Ingram had 15-3-1, only took 12 shots to CJ's 21. That is a definite concern. Valanciunas, 16 and 9, solid. Devontae Graham, one of his better games, 16 points, 4 assists, 3 steals, 4 triples. Really solid game from him. Well, Herbalife Jones played the 29. He only had 7 points, but he had 1 steal and 3 blocks. Just getting the defensive stats, still playing close to 30. I think that'll just be what he does most of the time. And my man, Jose Alvarado, 20 minutes, 17 points with 3 threes. That's great, but it's really hard to look at Jose and go, well, I do think there's a ton of upside in you given the moves that they just made. I just don't really think that we'll see... I don't think we'll see him taking over from Graham because if Graham is benched, I think it'll be for Hayes. But you know, then the second step would be Alvarado coming in there. And I don't really know, uh, given the moves that they made, how that is going to happen. It might, but I, I don't I don't really see, see a clear path to that. The next game was the Raptors and the Rockets. Another disappointment in this one. We'll talk about it in a second. But it's not disappointing if you have Gary Trent, who played 37 minutes and had 42 points with six triples and five steals. He is out of control. The top top 20 player over the last two weeks, he had 62 fantasy points. He has 10 steals combined in the last two games. 
And someone said to me today again, yeah, the, the, you, you not liking Gary Trent as a fantasy player is your worst call of all time. And I got it wrong, clearly. But when I look at this stuff, I have to look at things and try and make sense of it from future value. Like last season, he played 31 minutes a night and actually had a higher usage last season, Trent, than his usage this season across two different teams. And yes, he was clearly unhappy in Portland, but we didn't know that until that came out like a week ago when his dad said, yeah, like he hated it. He was depressed. He hated the way the organization treated him. We didn't know any of that. But he's also doubled his steal rate. And as I will say all the time that you know, it's my responsibility to project the stats for 500 NBA players. And if I just randomly pick a player, literally at random, and say, you are going to double your steal rate, A, I'm going to get it wrong nearly every time because picking that player at random. And B, there's no logical reason to do that. So I looked at what Gary Trent was doing. Hey, he's a guy that gets no rebounds and assists. He's got a pretty low steal rate for a player that's playing these minutes. Um, the efficiency is low. The usage is not particularly high. Like, what is he doing to provide us this value? And that's why I didn't like him. Simple as that. I just said, look, you're an empty fantasy player who will have these good games, have these poor games. He's had way more good games. He's still only shooting 43% from the field, though. And usage is, again, about the same, a little bit lower than last year. But he's on a real hot streak at the moment. With the, with the fear of me seeming like, hey, stop harping on about this, Josh. It's a sell high. You can't get five steals a game. You can't average 34 points a game or whatever he's doing over the last two weeks. He won't continue to do that. But I've been wrong about him all year, so take that for what it's worth. Siakam got into some foul trouble, so his limit minutes were limited. 32 minutes, he fouled out. 30 points, four assists, he's still awesome. While Scotland Barnes had nine points, seven rebounds, six assists, he's sort of settling in there as that bloke who's like 70 to 100 range. With Fred Van Vliet out with a sore groin, Flynn had eight points in 22 minutes, three assists, two steals, and two threes. A really solid game from Flynny. But again, is he going to play most nights? Probably not. And we've got 23 minutes of Boucher. Thad Young's not there yet, and Van Vliet didn't play. So that helped Boucher. He had 16 and five. I would try and sell him for a top 100 player, but I don't think long-term he's a 12-team league player. And I know the big sneeze pressure to Chua is not. 14 minutes, six points in a start, while Birch actually, for the first time since returning from injury, played more minutes than... Uh, then Achua and Banton played 20 minutes for 10 points. So the Boucher one, there's no Thad, there's no Van Vliet, and then uh, Siakam fouled out. And that enabled his minutes to push up. And I don't see that as a realistic thing moving forward. Onto the Rockets, a huge game from cousin Kevin Porter. 30 points, six rebounds, six, no, not six rebounds, six threes, eight assists and a block. Not a block, why can't I read? A steal. Um, he also shot 69% from the field. Giggity. Great, look, it's great. Really strong run. Top 90 over the last two weeks. Really good numbers from um, Cousin Kev. 46 fantasy points here as well. That's a really, really impressive game. They did trade for Dennis Schroeder. And post-game, Stephen Silas said, yeah, oh, no, we're going to use him. Like, why? Okay. They're going to use him in, the, in a role somewhere as to stabilize the bench unit. So someone's going to miss out. Probably Josh Christopher. I'd say he's going to have to move out of the rotation. Are they going to keep Eric, Eric Gordon in the rotation with his foot injury? There's a lot of unknowns here. How much does Schroeder play? I don't think Schroeder is... In, I don't think he's getting anywhere near enough minutes to be a 12-team league guy. He'd need 26, and I don't think he's getting that. He probably needs 28, and I don't think he's getting that. He might play 18 coming off the bench. But how do you fit Schroeder and Gordon into that rotation? Garrison Matthews has to lose out. Green and Porter won't. Christopher will. Garrison Matthews will. KJ Martin will. Someone's going to have to sit out of the rotation, which we don't know who that'll be yet. Will it be the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun? It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Uh, let's, let's be honest. He was really bad here today, like really poor. 
He got killed by the Raptors. They defended him really well. He missed all of his shots, three from the field and two from line. A really bad performance. He came off the bench and they started Garrison Matthews instead of him, which was frustrating. He really didn't cross over with Christian Wood much at all. All we can do is try and go by the coach's words. We're not going to play them together. Cool. Yeah, we drop him. We're actually going to play them a lot together and we love how it looks and we really want to see that. All right, cool. We add him. And now this happens. So I don't know where to sit with it. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs and a lot of frustration with it for sure. And now if they're going to put Schroeder in, maybe that hurts even more. And if Gordon does come back and play, it hurts more. Remember, people will be looking at Gordon as maybe a buyout guy. He's owed almost $20 million for next season. So for him to be a buyer, you have to pay that $20 million for next season. And it still goes on your cap for next season as well. Right? Just remember that. That eating into that contract, for him to give that money back, all the Rockets, it goes against your cap. So is that likely? Or do they just send him home? There's still unknowns there. If I added Shengun, I would hold him. But that was not a good performance. And that's, you know, for these volatile big men, that's not the last you're going to hear from that was not a good performance. Because we've got to talk about the Clippers and the Mavericks now. Um, 112-105, the Mavericks win this one. Some good, um, some good production. But as I've said a million times, the Clippers rotation is going to be a mess, a continual mess. And with the Serge Ibaka trade today, and I said this on the Locked On NBA live show, I said on my recap show, a lot of people were talking up Hardenstein, and we love what he did. The game before, he had 28 minutes and was an unbelievably good player. But I said, just because Serge Ibaka's gone, who wasn't in the rotation anyway, that doesn't mean that him and Zubats play all of the minutes. Because they'll go small, and they'll run lineups with Morris, with Batum, with Covington at center. So it doesn't make him this guaranteed big-minute guy. But take a flyer and see how it works. Well, Hartenstein played six minutes. Six. Now, there's no justification for him playing as little as that, especially when Zubats was getting cooked every time he was out there. They needed to go more. That, that's poor coaching, I think, from Lou. Hartenstein needed to be out there a little bit more. But this is, the, this is the thing that we have to know, that this rotation is the least set rotation in the NBA. It, 28 minutes to six minutes. Look, you can't predict that shit. It's very, very hard, especially when the center who is getting the minutes is getting cooked, and that's Zubats. I don't think Zubats is necessarily a must-roster guy. I would hold Hartenstein, but you're going to get this stuff. This is what I was warning about. But you take the flyer. See, Batum played 28 minutes. He had 10 points of steal and a block. Like, fine, but I don't trust it. Luke Kennard went from 15 minutes to 28. He only had eight points, and I wouldn't bother adding him. Terrence Mann, now playing 31 off the bench. While Amir Coffey, the Farmers Union, has two points in 14 minutes. You can't predict this shit. It's literally all over the place. Bob Covington played 10 minutes. What? 10? I think he played 29 last game. How do you go from 29 minutes of Covington, 28 and Hardenstein to 16 combined? There's no plan. There's no theory behind this stuff, I don't think, with Lou. It's just, oh, whatever. We'll just do whatever. I don't know how you go that wild, whether it's you know, the minutes were too high one game or they're too low. Like, that's just such wild variation. I will hold Covington, but when though he was traded across, again, this was the issue. How are they going to fit all the minutes in? Storm and Norman Powell feel safe for minutes, 34 of them, 19, 6, and 6. But the usage is settling in after that first game where it was through the roof. It was like 40 plus and it went down to 36. And his usage today was 29. He's still going to be a rosterable player, but he's not going to get those 38 a night with that gigantic usage, I don't think. Reggie Jackson, 18, 4, and 8. And this, this isn't even including what the hell happens if Paul George comes back. Because then it gets even more into a mess. It's just a mess. And it's going to continually be a mess, I think. 
Marcus Morris had 21 points, not much else. In fact, zero rebounds and zero assists somehow, but 21 points. And again, a fringe guy. He's a fringe guy. Canard is, um, Covington is, Hartenstein is, Zuvats is, Batum is, Jackson is. They're all fringe players. But the Mavericks, Doncic was great. 51, 9, and 6 with seven triples on 65% shooting and 71 from the line. That hurts a little bit. But otherwise, that stuff is great. Just an amazing game from um, from Luca. Just awesome stuff. Right, we hope that he can continue on this track. He's not going to keep to this level, but that was awesome. Finney Smith, contract extension in hand, 41 minutes, 12 and 7, three steals and two threes. A 12-team fringe streamer. They've still got to bring Dinwiddie across to get him into the rotation. And Bertans, maybe. I don't know if he'll play. But Finney Smith, Bertans, Powell, Kleber, that could be their front court. I don't look at Kleber as a must-roster player, 27 minutes, 8 and 9. I don't look at Powell, who had 8 and 2 with two blocks in 21 minutes. I think they're going to go more, more small with Finney Smith and probably Bertans taking the minutes at the four rather than having that situation where Porzingis was there and then Kleber and Powell are just going to share your center minutes. That's how I think it's going to go. They, were, they had a lot of centers, and now Cauley Stein's been waived, and now Moses Brown's been waived. So they don't have that many. So it's going to have to be Kleber and Powell that play all those minutes, basically, leaving the other guys to get the minutes across the wings. Brunson struggled. He played 37 minutes, had 11, 5, and 4 on 25%. That's rough. And Bullock played 37 for 11 and 4 with two threes. I would hold both of them. We want to see what happens when Dinwiddie arrives. I don't think Dinwiddie is a 12-team league guy, but he could impact Bullock and he could impact Brunson. So we'll just have to see how that all plays out. But some interesting stuff across this game and across so many of these games with rotations that we just did not expect to go the way that they went. All right, let's go to the next game. The Warriors and the Knicks, close one. The Knicks win it on the road. Big win for them, 116-114 over the Warriors. Julius Randle, some really huge counting numbers for the double royal. Thirty-seven minutes, twenty-eight, sixteen, and seven. Now it lacks a little bit because he shot thirty-five, sorry, forty-four from the field and sixty-seven from the line on twelve attempts. And he didn't have a steal, he didn't hit a three. But good, he's really picked it up after a down January. Taj Gibson was the backup because Newland Noel was out. Ten and seven, two triples. Solid game from Taj, but just obviously deep leagues there. Kemba Walker continues to be really poor. Hello. Um, absolutely no need to roster him. Well, uh, only 15 minutes or 16 minutes for quickly. Eight points for Canberra, five points for quickly. Quentin Grimes started because RJ Barrett was out due to that ankle sprain that he suffered. Grimes, he had six points in 31, while Reddish had 12 in his 19 with two steals there for Cam as well. Um, no need to look at those guys in 12 or 14 team leagues. While Fournier continued a strong run. He is um, top 60 over the last two weeks, 22 points, 31 minutes. We don't trust it necessarily. And it's really empty scoring but there's something in that. Berksy had 15, 6, and 5, which is all right, but we don't want to rely upon that either. For the Warriors, no Otto Porter, no um, Draymond Green, no Andre Iguodala. They started John Kaminga, and he, he closed the game. 36 minutes, 17 and 5, a steal, a block, two triples. Really good. Last time this happened, we had Steve Kerr telling us we're going to start him, and then like he went down and played like 5 minutes and 14 minutes and, and really struggled. And his numbers on the year have not been great. Like He's outside the top 400 on a per-game basis. But maybe there's some stream value. I don't want to read too much into it. And I don't want to get excited. I'm not going to add him in 12 or 14 team leagues, I don't think. But this was good. Clay had 17, 7, and 5. Wiggins had 15, 7, and 4. Good games there. Well, Steph Curry, the shooting's still not where it used to be. Only 44%. But 35, 2, and 10. 
uh, some good numbers. Only 19 minutes for Looney. I reckon that injury might be bothering him a little bit. While the swimmer, Geordie Poole, just 26 minutes, 11-2-2. Two, two. They are the sort of numbers that he was putting up when Clay first returned, and you were a bit worried about where it sat. He's been much better of late, so we just hold through this game, which was not, not particularly great for him. The last game of the night was a real blowout. The Bucks lose to the Suns, 131-107. Unfortunately, at the end of the game, Pat Connaughton suffered a broken fourth metacarpal. They haven't said exactly where it is, but I believe it's in his hand. That's four weeks right there. With Dante DiVincenzo being traded away, you're going to get more minutes from Grayson Allen, and you're going to have to get a little bit of Jordan Nwora into the mix, along with Wes Matthews. Nwora is a better fantasy option than Matthews. Not going to be 12 guys, but maybe 14 or 16. A little bit of a boost there for Nwora. Holiday had 21, as did Middleton, but not much else in those lines. While Punchbob had 11 and 9, and Giannis just wrecked your percentages, man. 18, 7, and 8 is like, it's all right. It's not great. But 36 from the field and 57 from the line is atrocious, and that really hurts. Well, Allen only played 25 minutes. He had eight points with two threes. I think he's only a fringe 12-team ad with DiVincenzo and Connaughton out, but it does boost him at least into that discussion over the short term. Remember, this game, they put uh, reserves in with about five or six minutes to go in this game. Yeah, Mama Kalashvili played six minutes, so there's your indication. And we had Lindell Wigginton. Yeah, he played 18 minutes because of the absences. Um, of George Hill, and then um, uh, obviously the absence of Serge Barker who hasn't arrived yet. It was a stinker from Nora, though. Two points in his 15 minutes. For the Suns, they're rolling, man. They're so good. 17-7-19 and 19 for Chris Paul with two steals. 27-7 and 7 for Aiden. Only needed 27 minutes, but that's his best game since returning. And even Cam Johnson, 26 minutes, 15-8, and eight, three threes, two steals. I don't believe Johnson's a 12-team league guy. This happened in 75% shooting. Because yeah, you're going to have Craig maybe getting 17 minutes. You're going to have Crowder. And Johnson's been in that low 20s area. Look, he's a good 14-team league guy, but not must for 12s. Devin Booker was a little bit off, 17 on 19 shots. But seven assists gets it done. And Bridges had 18 points with two steals and two threes. And Jay Crowder had 10 and 8 with two threes on 27% shooting. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Let's look at the lines of the night now. Your monstrous goes to, of course, Luka Doncic. The waiver wire and the young gun is the same bloke. It's Cam Thomas, who put in a really good performance. And your dart of the night is Ivica Zubats. Top 10 players today. Doncic at one, followed by Gaz Trent, Jim Butler, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Porter Jr., Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Bam Adebayo, and DeAndre Ayton. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one, of course, was Thomas. Again, I'm not really sure about that with Simmons and Curry all, all returning or arriving. They're going to cut into his playing time a bit. Tom Bryant, yep, sure. Hachimura, 14 to 16 teams. Hal Neto, yeah, maybe, but Ish Smith's still got to come in and cut into some of that. Yeah, I don't really love it. Kaminga, we're looking to stream. Taj Gibson, no. Diallo, just to stream while Cunningham's out. Kyle Anderson, deeper leagues only. Griffin, well, there's three senders who literally could come back in the next game or two that are going to impact him. And then Deadman's just for deeper leagues. Points leagues, top 10 players today. We've got um, Doncic, Gary Trent, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Steph Curry, Bam Adebayo, Kyrie Irving, and cousin Kevin Porter. That will do it for us today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.